sometimes you realize there's things you never said to people from your past. And then you realize it's never too late, especially when you're on The Wayward Podcast. It's recording. Do you know what I just noticed is that you what? have a, a Disney house coat. I have. This was. Did I give it. Oh, Disney Channel. It's that a makes Disney sense. Disney Channel from when I when I worked on the when I worked on the the series. They didn't dye a, it to match the wallpaper. I know, right? No, that's just my hair. This was my Christmas present. Was a bathrobe. Huh? They're from- like. You play a mom. Here. Do you know what was great? What? No, I think everybody got a Disney Channel bathroom. Even the kids. It's very it was, soft, It's though. very soft. That's yeah. why I still have it. When I did the soap opera, I worked for Procter & Gamble. The soap okay. opera was owned by Procter & Gamble. Okay. Our Christmas present, no shit, was toilet paper, oil of Olay. Oh, my God. So it was like a box of Procter & Gamble products. That was their Christmas present to people who worked on their Toilet paper. <laughs> Like Charmin. Like, why not just throw in some poop wipes in there? Would, they may have. I don't know. If they, oh I don't know if they existed God. back in the that's early nineties. Um, yeah, that's great. What's oh, the best gifts. gift? I don't know. I haven't worked on any fancy shows. Like Supernatural gave me a Christmas gift one year. That was nice. Phil always will give me a pin. Yeah. That he makes. That always makes me feel. I remember the very first episode that I was on. He gave me a pin, and I was like, oh. I couldn't believe it. Um, but, yeah, I haven't worked anywhere super fancy to get gifts. Lots of, like, cards in theater. Lots of flowers. Yep. When I did The Humans um, just last spring, I got so many flowers. It was like I, it was, I've never felt anything like that. I literally would walk in and the other women in the dressing room were like, oh, here we go. <laughs> that I ended up taking them to the local hospital because there's no way. I don't have room for that many flowers. And. You know, the hospital would love them, and I'm sure Yay. there's people that could give it to them. Anyway, Just gifts are always nice. Gifts are, gifts are good. Um, gifts are good. Gifts are good. Gifts of long ago. A, a, a house coat from long ago. So Kim had this great idea for the episode today, which was to talk about people from our past, people from our past who've who've affected our lives that we would know. like to talk to now. Yeah, my thought was like... Because in my head, you know, I'm not writing an Oscar speech anymore. But sometimes I pretend, like, I'm what never if, not writing it. What if, yeah, the Oscar speech is like, all of the people I want to thank, and fuck you to two of you. Yeah. And these are the two. <laughs> fuck you for never believing in me. Uh, um, but I thought, what if we just used our podcast for that? That's what if great. It, what if it's like the okay, people. Okay, give so me like, your Oscar assume, speech then. No, not my, I, don't, I, I don't write it anymore. I, know, I, don't, I, know, I know, I don't write it. And I've already gone on record as saying my big one, which was like my acting teacher in an undergrad who, when I told him I wanted to do a certain play for my BFA thesis, mm. <laughs> he goes, Kimmy, honey, shut the door. Oh, right. I'm going to tell you this because nobody else is ever going to tell you this. You're not funny. You can't do comedy. Do you know people love to tell people they're not funny? I've been told that so many times. Oh, my God. So here, so, so, so for all the people out there... So I'm going to turn it around. I would like to thank Blanca Ziska. Is that an actual the, name? Did you make yes, that up? Yes. Nope. Blanca. Oh, wow. At the Wilma Theater in Philadelphia for casting me in a comedy, mm. um, an equity show. And when I said, but I'm not funny, I, I can't do comedy. She said, you don't do comedy, you act. Exactly. Yeah. 
so there's my there's my first shout out is the woman who completely and and ever since then I have made a pretty good living even non-comedic shit turned comedic because you don't do comedy you, you act, act. Yeah. for me there are very very funny people who can do comedy and make things funny and do a thing with that does a thing and does the thing sure i'm not that so so there I think is that there yeah. are i think you're right everything you're saying is right but i think there are comedians yeah who can do comedy in television and film yeah who maybe can't act but i think every actor who is a good actor can do comedy. Comedy is very hard. Yeah. It's much harder than drama. And so for somebody to say, you can't do comedy, that's a bit of a, you're not a very good actor. Well, my thinking like, is well, like, you can go dude, fuck yourself. you're my acting teacher. Yes. Teach me. It's so your it's job. Your it's yeah. your job. <laughs> uh, so when people say you can't do comedy, that's bullshit. That's all about just learning the skill of acting. It's about being in the moment, reading the words that are given to you. Um, but that's like a, a career thing. That's yeah. like a career thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think about, you know, also, my Oscar speech would be like, Mike Leakis, I'm sorry I was an asshole to you in high school. I really, really, really thought you were a great friend and sorry for everything I probably did that I wasn't aware of that crushed your spirit and soul. Like mm. <laughs> shit like that. Do you know what's funny is that when I was in grade 11, we did a production of Grease, the drama club, and I sadly didn't get to play Rizzo. I played Frenchie, but I did end up playing Rizzo in a big regional production like fucking four years later. So it was all good. But I was so broken that I didn't get to play Rizzo. And so I was sitting outside with some girlfriends who were part of the production team, not uh, the performance team. So... Um, I was with them, and I maybe was lamenting about being bummed. I I don't even know if I was doing that, but we were watching the Oscars in the school lounge while we were waiting to be called in to work on whatever. <clears throat> it was a, it was during a break, and it was in the evening, so we're watching the Oscars. <clears throat> and I just remember saying something like, "This is so great! Like I'm sitting here with you guys, and one day maybe I'll, you know." And they were like, "You've got to thank us." If you ever win an Oscar, you've got to thank us. And so I don't know if I'll win an Oscar, but I'm going to thank Tracy Mitchell, Kara McDavid. I don't think these are their last names anymore. <laughs> um, Sarah Castle, Kristen Hennefant, um, and all these girls. We would just sit around in a student lounge in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, rehearsing a production of Grease, uh, dreaming about... Yeah, hitting it big. Do you know what I mean? And so I had a moment. Um, I was out, out at uh, lunch, actually, with my managers, who I don't know very well, so we're getting to know each other, and there's always that kind of like, <laughs> it's like you're on a date a little bit when yeah. you're trying to get to know yeah. people, right? Yeah, I just got to be a so little, little, little bit more extra. on. Yeah, just exactly. Just a little extra. So, but then I just had, I was at a restaurant that was very, so... I when I say things like this, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but but to I'm going to sound like an asshole. It's so funny, but it was a it was a restaurant that was very LA, like it was in Beverly Hills. It was massive, oh, yeah. and yeah. it was like everybody. There was literally I I actually my manager took a picture because even he was like this is too much. There was a guy in a suit that was just covered in Gucci, a full Gucci suit with a Gucci insignia all over, with a Balmain hat, and I was like this what is happening? So I'm such a small town girl. In that way where I'm like this is awesome um but I had this moment where I was looking around at the servers because I always relate more to the help yep. um so 
I have been on a server uh, for 15 years. I stopped only because I was nine months pregnant. And uh, I loved that part of my life. I learned a ton about food, about people, about patients, about organization in your brain. Um, and uh, I had a great time and met some of my best friends in the world working in the re restaurant industry. But anyway, I was looking around at these people going, that was my life not long ago. And I'm on this side of the table now. And I had a moment of being very grateful for them, um, being gr grateful for where I was, but also going, I can't wait. I wish I knew what your story was. Because you know that all of those servers, especially in LA, have a story. That's a good Oscar comment. Is yeah. every server who hasn't finished their story yes. yet. Oh my gosh, I have tears. their story yes and you know what fuck it if it is also that is your story mm -hmm. there's no shame no there's no but like you don't have to like, reach the oscar you don't yeah. have to get an oscar to have the oscar speech story Do yeah you know what I as mean? we are clearly evidence of exactly yeah and that was the moment i was like look i'm not gonna i like to manifest shit and so i try not to throw the idea into the universe that i'm not gonna win an award but i don't need to win an award to go what, look what I've made for myself and for my family and ha that I have a family. And there might be people that I can thank along the way mm -hmm. that I And that I've never didn't. forgotten yeah. about these girls, these 16-year-old girls who were all just so excited. It's just stars in our eyes, right? right? And I always think about that. I always think about those women, now women, uh, who I'm only, I think, Facebook friends with. I'm in touch with them. So, you know, some of them are my best friends from high school, but... Um, yeah, it was just that that moment of like who helped me when I was young and literally like living on a chicken farm in Saskatchewan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like who went if you do this or don't do this, you can do what you want. Um, my drama teacher in high school, uh, Wayne Dirksen, was my idol. Part of it was because. Um, there was always rumors around school that he smoked pot. <laughs> and now you're like, well, yeah. But back then you're like, oh, he's so badass. Um, and he's just a big hippie, and he just didn't give a shit about what anybody thought. He was fearless. You know what I mean? He rarely got angry. If he got angry, it was a, Brianna, what are you doing right now? He fully admitted that he hated me when he first met me because I didn't ever shut up. And then he taught me everything I knew and gave me some of the best... Uh, characters I ever have ever played in my life. Very challenging characters for a 17-year-old kid. And he just said to me, he was like, he was always like, just keep going. He was like, you will, everything in you will want to make you stop. And I think that maybe he, I don't know if teaching was a choice for him, but he knew I wanted to be an actor. I knew I wanted to be an actor very young. And he was like, you will want to stop all of the time, but I know that you want it, so just keep going. And I always remembered that. And I always remembered him. Like, he was my first mentor, you know, at such a young age. I love that when there's somebody who finally sees something. Like, mine was an English teacher in high school, mm -hmm. Dr. Fred Rogers at Benson Polytechnic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was such—at this point, I was full gothic misanthrope. Like, my job was to make sure every authority figure knew it was wrong mm -hmm. and could go fuck itself. Mm -hmm. And this guy— was so, I think, first of all, a, a little like, I don't know what else to, I guess I've got to be on her side because there's no, there's no 
uh, winning against her, mm -hmm. but also he was so bemused by me, and he was so—he had such a bigger— um, perspective on my life than I did. And he actually got a creative writing after school program started, I think, so that I wouldn't end up on the streets killing myself. Aww. Like, I really uh -huh. think that I was a big reason. He was like, oh, you like writing gothic, hideous, dark? Great. You and and Donovan Gwinner get your asses in here. I love that we're using last names on this. There's, somebody's going to get pinged. Yeah. Somebody's going to hear this podcast that's like, what the fuck? They said me. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, just just that that faith and humor that I would not have granted myself at that point, that just the love of like, oh, you're just a little wee one, mm -hmm. you know. Meanwhile, I think I'm just completely at this you point. You think you're seventy years old? Seventy when you're years old 18. and yeah. hopeless, <laughs> and and deserve to die alone in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. Whereas he's like, oh, aren't you spunky? You know? Oh, you're adorable. You're adorable. You'll grow out of that. Yes, and I did, but he helped me. Yeah. Because somebody was like, I am willing to listen to you. Yeah. And to help you aim it and to validate what you're saying as opposed to, I'm going to listen to you and tell you how you should be saying it differently. Yeah. I remember Mr. Dirksen, and I love that I still call him Mr. Dirksen. He gets so annoyed around... Um, graduation which is we don't was prom in the states we don't have prom in canada but um yeah high school grad it's the same thing fucking limos and corsages and dresses yeah, and yeah. it was everything who are you going with and he was like this is a fucking blip in your life who cares but to us you know when you're 17 18 it's like it is everything and so it's just a funny thing i'd never really heard life perspective like that just going this is not, I know it feels like everything and you're allowed to make a big deal out of it if you want. Just know that it's not everything. You have way bigger things to come. And I was like, really? I hadn't really thought about what that would feel like, you know? I remember um, I was, I, be, I won, I guess I can say I won um, class president when I was going from 11, at the end of grade 11 into 12. And I was not a popular kid. And I was bullied a lot for being severely overweight when I was in high school. And so the win for me was so much bigger than, like, the job of being class president. It was the feeling that I had in my body I still remember because it lasted throughout the whole summer. It felt like um, purpose. And having a belonging and a reason and going, oh, no, I I have something to do. I'm people do want to hear what I have to say or maybe, you know, they don't. But that's what it felt like. Um, and that was the first time I really collaborated with, a you know, you know, as a secretary and vice president and everything. And we met every week. And um, I don't know. Those people, I think, taught me the first a my gave me my first sense of purpose and also um, taught me true collaboration as a student. Um, and I've, I don't know, now I just prefer collaboration. Maybe because it always kind of gives me that feeling, remembering. Hmm. And purpose. Yeah. Is there anybody that you're mad at that you never told? Um, what are those long, lingering resentments? I don't, I'm very open about my anger <laughs> so 
I don't think there's anybody that's like, oh, I didn't know she was mad at me. Really? Oh, I think I I gave everybody a swift talking to. I'm a, yeah, I like to get my anger off on people. But I never, there's nobody, unless there are friendships that just dissolved, which happened more as I became an adult. And sometimes I felt sad about those. And sometimes I went, this was probably healthy for everybody. And that's different. But in terms of like being mad at somebody, um, I don't, yeah, I personally, I do not like being truly angry. So I do two Mm. things, which is like, I instantly bring it up and confront, um, whether it's a friend or not a friend. Um, or I, I sit with it and go, what is my part in it? And I, decide whether or not that it involves the other truly involves the other person wow I have I like when I first got to Hollywood I think this is like 2000 maybe I was doing an episode of it see now I'm not I'm like I will absolutely use first and last names when I'm giving good shit but I won't even tell you the show that I was on but it was a sitcom small weird didn't run very long but uh, the director at one point grabbed me, oh, pulled nice. me into the prop closet and said, press your tits right here. Like got up in my face Ugh. and said, put your tits right here. Just And all I could, I, the only word I could say was no. And just kept saying no, no, no. And, um, and I legit thought I was going to get fired from this job because right. like he just turned around, walked out and started laughing. And um, I suspect the lead actress on the show clocked it because like after that she just kind of but nobody said anything nobody and it was like in the middle like uh, nobody said anything I didn't say anything because Mm -hmm. he was supposedly some big huge comedic director Mm -hmm. but um so yeah so here's my fuck you part of the Oscar speech Mm, if he knows who he is if I'm accepting an Oscar, we're going to pretend I'm accepting an Oscar. I'll make sure I am never on a fucking set with that guy mm-hmm. again. Don't. Don't. Just don't. Don't. Like, it's nothing to you. It's the same thing as the other side. It's nothing to you. It's everything to the person that's just been hurt. Mm-hmm. And I will fucking remember it. Mm-hmm. Will I burn your house down? Obviously not, because I'm not even willing to say your name. Yeah. But... Uh-uh. But I will, you I will, you will never, ever, ever Good for you. be. And there's been, there's been a couple of people that have really hurt me. And I am capable of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I don't think forgiveness has to eclipse my Boundaries. safety. Yeah. So understand. I get it. I can forgive the world. Mm-hmm. Never fucking happen again. No, never forget. Yeah. I love that. Forgiveness, that's an, that's something that's like, okay, how do I... Okay, forgiveness. Okay. And I can wrap my head around it, and some days I am 100% in forgiveness, and some days I am 1,000% not. Percent not. Yeah. But um, the realization that forgiveness of people throughout our past... Um, uh, does not need to come with a lack of boundaries. I'm not forgiving somebody going, so everything you did was okay. Yeah, so it's all okay. Exactly. Yay. Yeah. 
people are always like, forgiveness is not for them, it's for you, right? I had a revisit, revisited some things that made me angry from my past that I, again, will not use names uh, like you because um, it's, it's a negative story and I don't feel negatively about it anymore, but it was um, just two people who I thought I was friends with that did something not so nice to me years ago when I was like 20, 23. And I recently have touched upon that and gone, oh, is that burner still hot? And it's not. <sighs> and I went, oh. And for the first time went, if I saw them at a restaurant, I would be so happy I would cry. Isn't that funny? Ah. Um, so I went, oh, I'm, I am incredibly, I am it is absolutely possible for me to a hundred percent forgive people. I would not go to dinner with them. I would I would go to dinner with them and go, let's talk through some things. Yeah. Because I'm still my confrontational self. So I'm not gonna let bygones be guy bygones willy-nilly. But um what the trauma that the trauma that had happened to me no longer affects me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh so when I think about anger of people from our past, I think about situations like that. But I don't know. Something has happened where I've just gone, I can't be angry anymore. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It doesn't. Again, it's like, oh, it doesn't. It just doesn't feel good. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And also my perspective now changes. Haha. <laughs> That's funny. There was a guy that lived in my apartment when I was in New York on Mulberry. And I think his name was Sean. I would use his last name, but I don't even know if I have his first name right. <laughs> but he was, a, he was a clothing designer. He had a cat. And we hung out, and it was when, like, Starbucks had first, first started making frappuccinos. So we'd Cute. go get frappuccinos. Yeah, man. And nothing even remotely inappropriate ever happened. He had a girlfriend. Got I had him. a boyfriend. But, but we spent so much time just talking. And it's so funny because now, oh, my gosh, I'm even tearing up again. Oh, I loved him, mm -hmm. but I didn't know it because there was none of that grasping, clinging fear or, no fear, exactly. or forbidden sexual yeah. attainment or all of the shit that in my youth mm -hmm. I ascribed to feeling love mm -hmm. that now I can look at and go, oh, my gosh, that was my that was that love. Was a warm fire. I just didn't. I just didn't know mm -hmm. what that was. So I think there's probably people in my past that I would like to go back to and go, oh, this was a, a really, you were really special to me. You were really I loving just, to me. Yes. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't have the capacity to see it. It's like, it's like, like I think a 14 year old, rare is the 14 year old who has the capacity to play Juliet mm. because Juliet in Romeo and Juliet has feelings and thoughts and an totally. evolution that has to come from a perspective that most 14 year olds don't have. So it's the same way. I'm now looking back on my life and going, oh, with my perspective now, I can see something that I didn't see at the time. Yeah. And so there's, there's another addition to my Oscar speech was just like, Oh man! Yeah, I thought it was just like this cool dude I hung out with, but it was—I deeply loved him. Yeah, I had um, when I was in high school. I don't know why I'm talking about high school so much. I feel like I've just been like talking to a lot of high old high school girlfriends. So I we so I had this group of high school high school girlfriends. That's hard. Uh, 
and we were all very tight. There was a lot of us. And we're still all in contact. We're actually trying to plan like this 20th um, reunion trip right now with all of our husbands and kids. And it's proving very difficult. Um, <laughs> and um, they are so incredibly supportive of me and my true self, even though we don't really know each other right now. Uh, they know they all a lot of them all live block within blocks of each other back in Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Um but um, I've been gone for so long that we're only in touch via text message and, you know, DMs and whatever, social media. But um, when we were in high school, we were all kind of misfits mm -hmm. and not in a very specific way. Like there was a few of them that were really smart, really smartest kids in school. There was a few of them that were really athletic. There was a few of them that would be called skids. Do you know what that mean? Like they're no. out smoking, skip class. Oh, okay. Yeah. A couple of them got pregnant, maybe. You know what I mean? Um, and... They were like the bad kids back then, and then um, I was a, I was overweight, so I was bullied for that, and was in drama. I was like a drama nerd. I was clocked as a drama nerd, but I was in choir and band and stuff. But there was a lot of us, and I remember a couple of us got bullied a lot, and the other ones would do this like thing, and it. it uh, oh, this is gonna make me cry. Um, there was this thing I read about a while ago, and it's about what happens when an elephant is having a baby. All the other female elephants circle around her and kick dirt until the baby is born so that predators can't smell the blood. And so that was like kind of what this group of girlfriends was like they would if the people were coming down the hallway that were f notorious for being bullies my girlfriends would you know do something to distract them and it was like they saved me throughout high school in a way it was just like yeah it could have been much rougher you know and what a great like that's what we have the capacity to do when we're mm -hmm. young that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that I would think back on and I would judge myself and go, why didn't I stand up for my friend? Right. Why didn't I make more noise for my but But from your standpoint, you're like, what a, they did, we did what we could do. Yeah. And we also weren't perfect friends. Like, we also did, you know, shitty things that kids do. You talk behind our backs. You fight. You don't talk to each other for months. You make up. It's all very dramatic when you're a 15-year-old kid. But, man, oh, man, the, I mean... I think about them all the time and, and what they did for me in that way. And um, I, I have a lot of, uh, as I grow up, there's always, you know, I, I always think of my life as in pockets. So I have the high school pocket. I have the theater school pocket. Um, and then I have my pocket, which I lived in Toronto, where I was basically just serving tables and kind of living that that big city, you know, single girl life. Yeah. And I have groups of girlfriends from all of those pockets that are, are so deeply important to me. My girlfriends from Toronto, um, who I'm probably closest to, they'll constantly just the, there's the three of them. So it was always the four of us going out for dinner and drinks and, you know, parties and stuff like that. And we all worked at a restaurant together and, uh. They're, they'll always, like, go out for dinner together, there's three of them, and then send me pictures, and they'll go, they'll always say something like, um, just saying hi from your elephants, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're always just like, 
they know everything in my life and they're they have no judgment and it's nice because they are removed from anything you know that is going to affect them personally so they get a very one-sided version of my life but uh man oh man is it important to have those people from your past that ground you so i feel like if anybody's listening to this right now and it's like should i send an email to that old friend the answer is yes because i think that if they don't email me email you back at least you can go man i got to tell that person how much they meant to me yeah or not i mean i i don't for me it's like you know if i'm if i'm making my oscar speech i'm guaranteed somebody's listening to it when i'm sitting Mm. in my closet I'm guaranteed that I push the buttons and the little light goes blippy blippy. Like, so can I can I send it out and surrender the zero outcome? The outcome, yeah, right. Like, I'm not. I don't even know if if Doctor Rogers is still alive. Yeah, I don't even. It's just to me, gratitude, mm-hmm. realization, and and honoring my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's. Like, I get to learn something now about my past and how my past mm. still continues yeah. to affect me. Yeah. So so I think this is kind of just a funny experience of just, like, if I had to sit down on Facebook and go through everybody yeah. that I appreciate yeah. and love and want to connect with, I would be a hermit after right, five right. hours and say, yes. actually, fuck everyone, yes. and I'm never talking to anybody again. I'll be on my ashram. I had an experience recently where I think I told you about this, and it was quite recent, and he's not somebody that I don't see and run into. He's an actor, um, and he was probably my very first boyfriend and he wasn't a serious boyfriend uh but I liked him a lot and I'd never really had a boyfriend so I was kind of weird and I didn't know what to do and so it didn't last very long and then of course I was brokenhearted forever uh I'm kidding I was brokenhearted for like a year which felt like forever it is forever um, when it's your first when heartbreak you're young, yeah. that is your first yeah um and he like a few months ago out of the blue wrote me a message and was like, I just want you to know, like, we I was going through a tough time, but every once in a while, he's he's an artist and uh, a writer, and he part of something that he works on and writes is a story of his life. And he's like, I'm touring with a story of my life, and I always think about you. And I think about this really charismatic, bubbly, fun, shiny, bright girl that I got to, you know, share this time with. Um, so it wasn't an apology. It Apology wasn't needed, but it was just going, I just want you to know I think about you. And it was like, and it, he wasn't even a strange, like, I feel like I just had dinner with him like six months earlier. Um, but it was just, I don't know. I, there's something that feels so nice when somebody out of the blue goes, hey, just thinking about you. Yeah. You know? And so I I encourage people to f- to pay that forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yay. And with that, the good news is we both obviously won Oscars. We did. We did. <laughs> this is the announcement. You know, Variety. You know, they were they were busy. Uh, Hollywood Reporter was super busy. Super cool. Since I haven't shot a movie exactly ever actually, uh, but congratulations but to like, us. Oh yeah. Yay. Yay for our 
Oscar um, speeches. I can actually hear your dog sniffing at the store. She probably has to go to the bathroom. All right. Um, well, okay. I love you, Kim Rhodes. I love you, Brianna Buckmaster. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.